It's the Persistent and Nasty Podcast at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2023 series. The episodes will be released at various different times, so make sure that you have subscribed so you get notified when a new episode has dropped. We have some amazing guests coming up for you and I know that you won't want to miss them. They will be everything from circus performers to theatre makers to singers to spoken word poets and we can't wait to share all of them with you. Remember, if you are taking part in the Edinburgh Festival Fringe or you are just going for a visit, remember your rain jacket, your comfy shoes and a pair of shorts because you never know the weather that you're going to get in Edinburgh. But what you are guaranteed is some incredible pieces of theatre. Enjoy the episode and remember... Stay nasty. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty Podcast. Elaine here, how are you all doing? I hope that you are keeping well, looking after yourself and each other. Today I talk with Shan Clark. We discuss Shan's new show, Icon, uh, a piece of performance art uh, through comedy, alternative comedy, and we talk about uh, how Shan works, her process, um, her previous show and having lived with that for four years because it was supposed to go on at the festival in 2020 and the impact of that uh, after the pandemic obviously and then work into a different timeline. We talk about uh, the themes of the show, we talk about what uh, people will hopefully feel from the show and we talk about the importance of laughter and how you can maybe push things a little bit more with laughter make people think a little bit more with laughter and just that we all really need a laugh right now the world is not always the nicest place to be but we're here and we're lucky and that's a wonderful thing too all of the details for icon are in the show notes of today's episode remember to like download and subscribe the episodes as it really does make a huge difference and gets all of our guests listened to by as many people as possible. You can support us, Persistent and Nasty, if you wish, by becoming a Persistent Pal or a Nasty Hero, or just if you can donate us the price of a cup of coffee, that is also wonderful. We are so grateful to all of you who are already a Persistent Pals and Nasty Heroes and have supported us. Um, you really make a huge difference. You keep the podcast going, you keep the coffee mornings going, Um, you keep Louise and I going thank you, thank you, thank you again, all of the details for that are in the show notes or you can visit our website www.persistentandnasty.co.uk for all of the details on how you can support us uh, sign up for the coffee mornings, get the newsletter or indeed uh, find out about how to submit to the blog um, or indeed to the podcast you can also follow us on social media, Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty, or send us an email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. You can follow Louise and I on social media. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and at Elaine.Stirrett on Instagram and threads. For, for today's episode, I think, well, I definitely would like to have a beer or something because I had got stuck in traffic, so I was a little bit late for starting the podcast with Shan. So that's just, you know, 
I could do with a wee beer or a glass of wine but you can have whatever you wish uh, go for your favourite drink whatever that may be whether that's like a little orange juice or maybe a nice cold glass of wine or a really strong coffee or you know you can always just have a good old cup of tea sit back relax and enjoy shan clark welcome to the persistent and nasty podcast thank you you i'm good how are you i'm all right i'm all right as i was saying it's just a bit hectic everything's you know um all at once all at once yeah one of one of those but we're we're all good um and uh, i'm really looking forward to our conversation and chatting about your new show and which is your second solo show that's yeah my second solo show yeah yeah how does that feel coming to the festival with another solo show um i feel very anxious but quite excited Um, it's nice nice to do something new isn't it because the the last show I had under my belt for about four years because of the pandemic yeah Um, so it's nice to to be doing something completely fresh and with a totally different time scale Mm, yeah so like when you first started work on your previous show and then were you planning to do it like 2020 yeah yeah so I started I mean I, I probably started quite lightly working on it in 2018 got it together for 20 a work in progress together around 2019 and then the, the show was very much finished and ready to go I'd done a, a sharing at vault festival mm-hmm. and I was like great that's fantastic we'll take it up to the fringe and then about a week later everything shut down yeah you're like not going to the fringe so I sat with it for a while and then I was I was really fortunate actually in um gosh whichever lockdown break it was uh, I got some funding to make it into an experimental film just a, a short experimental film so I had that sort of iteration of it as well so yeah I've been and then bringing it up to the fringe last year so I've, I've been ready to let it go for a while <laughs> yeah you were like it needs to be so please leave now. me alone yeah something yeah, new yeah. yeah yeah so Shan for people that don't know who you are give them the potted history of you how you found yourself in this wonderful space of ours so how did I find myself here so I studied at Goldsmiths um on the the theatre what was it called the drama and theatre arts course obviously started out thinking I'll be a I want to be a famous classical actor um (laughs) went to uni and kind of found out oh there's a lot more you can you can make your own work Mm. I was like this is amazing I'm in charge (laughs) I can do what I want (laughs) and I loved that I absolutely loved that um, so I had a great time there, had some amazing tutors uh, who still to this day come and see my shows and stuff. So that's great. Right. Um, so then graduated was a bit like, well, what what do you do? How do you how do you be a performer? Found myself in stand up for a few years on the, the stand up circuit. Not for me. Didn't like it. No. And then I met an amazing person called Martin Stone. And he is sort of like the godfather of alternative comedy. And he brought me on. Um, to do his a night he used to run in London called Pull the Other One. Um, and then I just kind of found found alternative comedy and I'd always loved performance art. And I just thought, yeah, these two worlds can go together. And then I was gigging um, sort of with a bit of character comedy, a bit of performance art. And then was like, yeah, I think it's time to make a show. And that was my first show. I love that. Yeah. What was it about a stand-up that it just didn't work for you? Oh, my gosh. Just like there's so there's so many elements that weren't for me um within it I think like 
you know I, I like stuff that's a bit well I like, I like performance art and I like weird stuff I like props I like long form jokes that don't pay off and and you know you take that to a a, a comedy club and, and rightly so the audience are like what's she doing I wanted a, I wanted to hear jokes <laughs> so it was really like really jarring and really clashing and I was having a bad time and I was giving the audience a bad time and um and I didn't really find personally didn't find much of a community in it um so yeah that that was like I, di- I didn't really feel like I was fitting in and finding my feet mm. there yeah yeah it's really interesting isn't it like how you start off with you were saying you know you thought oh I'll go down and, like be the classical actor or, yeah and, like, go and train and everything and then you find your little um moment that kind of sparks something for mm. you when you first discover something like in the for performance art for you was that always kind of when you first discovered it you were like oh wow did it really like kind of set you afire I'd always had an interest in uh, like surrealism and dadaism so even when I was at college and, and we we did make like devised shows at, at my college I did and on the theatre course and I was just obsessed with like plays like the gas heart and couldn't couldn't get enough of it and made like a really dada surrealist play and and I didn't really know what performance art was though I'd heard of companies like forced entertainment um uh and was you know really obsessed and loved all of that uh didn't really understand how you might dip into that yourself other other than in like an educational um environment and institution didn't really know how you'd make that work yourself um and then I think that's kind of how I ended up in stand-up is because there's like uh it's quite especially in London it's really accessible you can go right I want to be a stand-up tonight and you can go and do an open mic five minute set um so there was a real accessibility with that which which is what I think is really great about stand-up but it wasn't my cup of tea yeah 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 um it's really interesting how you say about that kind of performance art thing and now it isn't really I don't know what the word does I'm looking for here like probably supported in that mm-hmm. sense of totally. like yeah especially some of the kind of um larger drama schools and even probably some colleges as well that mm-hmm. you know that kind of side that element of our performance is not given the it's probably rightful place yeah in some ways. yeah I think so um, and I, th- I think it's quite hard as well um you know especially with some of the more like serious performance art it's quite hard to home um and you know with with um, something like stand-up you're given it's quite rigid you've got five minutes that you've got a 10 minutes that you've got a 20 minutes that like performance art obviously lives in a totally different world where you know you might be doing a 30 second uh bit of material but you've got like uh, a one-on-one or you might be doing a durational piece so so um it's not as easy to home you can't you can't just guarantee you can put that in a room above a pub it needs a bit well it potentially needs a bit more support behind it yeah I mean uh, there's something quite limiting isn't it about like you know getting not given that support because like what we're then maybe doing is like not allowing people's um creativity to be to Mm. be as expansive as it could be I guess yeah um because I know for myself like when I was training you know like and people who were kind of in, interested in performance art there was almost that kind of a oh you know whatever wanky theater we yeah totally like, yeah yeah um but it's really the older I get the more I find it much more interesting and really fascinating and really enjoy the stuff that I see um 
can you tell us about your process of creating like in particular your first show and how that works because I think it'd be really lovely for the listeners to hear from that side of uh, mm-hmm. things and then that can take us into your current show which is about to be on at the festival I wish I could tell you I've got like a really clear formulated process but um I usually just think of something that I'd like to do that I think is funny on stage and then I'm like I'll make a show <laughs> Like with the last show, I thought it would, I just genuinely thought it'd be absolutely hilarious to spit banana at the audience. And I was like, that is hilarious. And then it kind of just went, went from that. But yeah, I wish I could tell you there was like a more serious formulated process, but it's a cheap gag made into a a long form show. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I think you're kind of doing yourself a disservice a little bit there but I mean I get what you're saying but my question is you know like when you're in the process of all of that so you've had that one idea and then do you uh just get in a room and try things out and see what works and then do you move it in front of an audience like what is what's your ideal I do a bit of both so if if I think if I've got an idea that I think okay this is funny because I'm I run a comedy night in southeast London so I'm like I can test it out there so I go and test it out um and then if it works I'll try a few different bits and then I'll kind of go like okay well I've obviously got some kind of idea what am I what am I trying to get at so by the time I've got about three gigs worth of material is when I'll usually and if I think there's a sort of coherent theme between them I'll go okay what is what's on my mind what what am I trying to do what's the show I'm trying to make and at that point I would go into a rehearsal room and I'd spend a week just making every single scene I've ever wanted to make to do with that show and then it's a process of elimination later and have a week of it's it's just about making it's not about reflecting it's not about sharing it's just make 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 um and then have like at least two weeks away from that come back and reflect and go okay this is good this is terrible what was I thinking this has legs that kind of thing yeah that is so interesting I really love that you just kind of do all of it and then take a break from it yeah probably just in general for creative people that's a really good piece of advice yeah I think space is like one of the most important things you can have with your work um yeah well definitely definitely for me otherwise I'll just get really wrapped up in like the perfectionism of it and then nothing good comes from nothing good comes from that and you find yourself um self-editing really good ideas um or ideas that have like really have something to them that you just haven't fully explored yet and you you get in your head and and you go oh that was awful I shouldn't do that but if you take a bit of space and like just just don't look at it at all and then come back to it you're like oh right okay I can see what I was actually trying to achieve now yeah I think that's so that's so helpful and um just a really silly clear and deliberate way to make your process happen so that it feels really uh, it gives you breathing space mm, yeah, it gives you yeah. breathing space which yeah, is so totally. important and with comedy because obviously you've talked about that and talked about the fact that it's re- that's really important what is it for you about comedy that m- makes you want to keep going on that trajectory I just start having a laugh <laughs> um that's the yeah, answer I'm just, looking for like I was like waiting for some big thing no just, just having a laugh like yeah, li- life is hard, <laughs> it laugh. Is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking shit yeah yeah especially at the moment things are tough out there 
things are tough yeah. out there for everyone and I think um, there's a real beauty in comic relief I also I also do think you can um, you can be really cheeky and you can say a lot more and you can be a bit you know you, you can push things a bit more if, if you if you're able to make people laugh if you if you're being dead serious then I think you can come across as a bit of a knob <laughs> you know be a bit like condescending and a bit you know oh what do you think why do you think you know so much but if you can make people laugh they might not agree yeah. with you and they might not like what you're saying but they'll go and he was funny and they'll think about it a bit more or yeah. if they don't think about it they might have just had a laugh anyway which is which is good do you find like um being a woman and being in that side of comedy but with a performance a art element to it that there's sometimes that you come up against maybe I don't want to say barriers because that feels really blocking um but you know like moments where it's like people aren't quite getting what I'm going with here or there's or has it been the actual opposite and it's been welcomed with open arms um I don't really experience it that much and that often anymore when I was first starting out and maybe it was also a confidence thing though when I was first starting out especially in alternative comedy I did find the male acts the audience would warm up to them quicker and trust if they're going to be really wacky and crazy it would be like yeah that's fine we trust that they're going to be wacky and crazy and it would take a couple more minutes for them to have that sort of breathing space and relax with me I definitely experience it a lot lot less now okay that's interesting I also gig a lot less now so there's that there's that too (laughs) (laughs) is that just like a have you just made that kind of like choice of like I can't do any more gigging like I don't really like it I know I'm not supposed to say this I'm a, a, a performer but like I just I just don't really I don't really like it I, I really I really really suffer with nerves um I have a really really bad time with nerves and I get as nervous for a five minute set as I do for an hour show but in the hour show I can relax and there's a payoff the five minutes you're just like oh I've done five minutes and I'm still gonna throw up okay so I just don't find it that rewarding um and like often the money is not that good and I know it's yeah. a bit taboo to be talking about this but like pay me <laughs> absolutely no, or, I'm not, or I'm not coming like that's yeah you know I don't think it's taboo I think it's actually what we need to talk about more I think it's the point <laughs> of like at some at some point you have to make a decision of what you think your value is and so you know you make that decision of because there's so many free free nights that you can go and do there's so many unpaid bits you can go and do and sometimes that can be really useful um and that can be a really good place to be but with having more experience I just think like no I'm not doing it I totally agree and I don't think it's um I don't think we should be worried about saying it anymore it feels like there's you know that thing of our industry has been allowed to get away with that for so long but I do think there's like there's a real power in in for yourself in turning around and going like I'm not working for free I Mm -hmm. I don't I don't care what anyone thinks I'd rather I'd rather sit at home and watch Netflix than do a free gig (laughs) not not always you know I'm being a bit extreme but uh, there are times when I'm like right I really need to test this material out I know that's a night and if I know it's a nice night with a supportive audience I'll be like okay this is a good environment this is like there's something to be got out of this but I'll I'll very very rarely if ever now go and do a gig that I've been asked to do for free 
Yeah, no, I think it's so important to say it. Also, I thought I think it's really important that you've mentioned about your nerves, because I think there's always this assumption that just because you enjoy the creative process and like, you know, once you get up there and that's it, that almost like we shouldn't talk about the nerves. Oh my gosh. Well, about five minutes before we were speaking, I was having a, a crisis in this office being like I can't do that I'm really nervous oh my gosh I've never done a podcast I feel oh my gosh why am I doing this well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you decided to do it Shan <laughs> yeah I feel fine now but it's like and it's the same with you know performing it's like horrendous horrendous nerves um all day I'm, re- I'm really glad um at the fringe I'm on at 2.45 in the afternoon and I'm so glad last year I was on about six o'clock so I was like just stressed couldn't eat all day just like oh oh my gosh you know just honestly about to vomit every time I go on stage I'm about to be sick (laughs) yeah I mean and that is a lot for your body to go through it's ridiculous (laughs) so it's such a lot and um well, I'm really glad you're on 245 as well. Me too. <laughs> you can get a little, like, little bit. Um, so let's talk about your new show, Icon, um, yeah. which uh, um, is on at this year's Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2023. Give us the what we can expect, what you're hoping your audience <laughs> will feel, think, all of the above. Yeah. Um, you can expect... Um, well, the show is just—it's just a massive existential crisis, and it's—if I—if I'm really honest, it's just—it's just a plea for attention and a, a desperate need for an Oscar. <laughs> yes, I love that's, it. That's what it is. If I'm really honest, give uh, Shan that Oscar. Give me an Oscar, and you know, I'm—I'm I'm asking for one. Um, uh, there's a lot of audience interaction, audience participation. Um, so do expect that but I do want to make like a really clear point so it doesn't put people off with the I know I would I would not go to a show with audience participation I'd be like a little scared church mouse but um it's all voluntary so I'm not going to pick on anyone and go you get on stage <laughs> um so I always think that's so cruel when I see yeah. that um yeah. but I but I but I will stand absolutely dead still until my volunteers come on stage we, we absolutely can't do the show without it but okay. I will be asking for volunteers yeah um yeah so on the existential crisis what are we uh, having our existential crisis about anything in particular or just you know that doesn't mean anything what we're doing nothing means anything does it yeah the world's fucked why but are we here but it doesn't but it doesn't even matter that it's fucked because it because it doesn't matter anyway <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like you can you know you can think of all the things that make you spiral and upset but it, but it doesn't matter anyway <laughs> nothing matters it's all completely made up and pointless and so you did this was this happening one day and you were like hey this is a show <laughs> every day yeah um, <laughs> um I think you know I mean look we all went a bit out of our minds in in COVID didn't we and um, maybe that was if I think deeply about it maybe that was my way of processing this like crazy global time um but honestly I've just always kind of thought that (laughs) and it sounds really like nihilistic but I don't I think there's a lot of joy to be had in it in like the complete absurdity of being alive for this this moment and I know there's loads of like horrible things in the world and I know 
in so many ways we're so fortunate and I, I understand all of that I'm not ignorant to the to the problems of the world and to the problems of individuals but ultimately like what a crazy thing it is to just exist in this w world you know in what they call quotation marks like it's 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 so hard to comprehend and I really enjoy that like I really enjoy things that you can't comprehend um I think there's like quite a lot of fun in in that and I think there can be quite a lot of um freedom to go like do you know what? it doesn't matter so I'm just gonna do it anyway like I actually feel it, it sounds yeah it sounds really negative when I say everything's meaningless but I think there's like a really big joy in it because if it doesn't mean anything then why not go and try and do what you want to do why why not go and yeah that stupid fringe show why not go and ask your boss for a pay rise you know why not go and I don't know whatever I don't know what people like to do but why not yeah do it whatever yeah yeah because yeah, because that's it that's all you've got mm. yeah um so we're doing this with laughter obviously laughter yeah laughter lots of laughter <laughs> lots of laughter and um we were saying before we started recording that you are now in edinburgh a uh, rehearsing yeah um so what are you doing two weeks rehearsals one week yeah one week up one here. Week. yeah and you're so, at summer hall just now i'm at summer hall yeah um i'm in summer hall now i've been rehearsing in the red lecture theater which is the room i'm in for the show and how does that feel? So how is that a shift for you when you've been re like working on something and rehearsing somebody else and then you're then in this? Well, Summerhall's quite a unique venue in yeah. itself yeah. anyway. It's like kind of, um, for so for people who don't know um, Summerhall's history, I'll pop it in the show notes of today's uh, episode. Um, but yeah, like how's that working for you? It's great. What a like what an absolute luxury to have been able to come up before the fringe and put a show in a space. You know, it's that's amazing. It's been um I've not really worked in a space like the Red Lecture Theatre before and it's it's been brilliant to have this time to do that. And I'm absolutely convinced I saw a ghost in there yesterday. Did absolutely, you? Absolutely convinced, yeah. <gasps> yeah. Like spectral or like, like just had this like did you get a feeling crazy cold feeling and then there was like like just something happening in the corner of my eye and I looked over and I was like there's 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 something in here with me there's absolutely something in here with me and then I was like okay don't don't cry just like <laughs> just be nice to it finish your finish your rehearsal and leave and then I left and um somebody who works here was like oh red lecture theatre that's haunted and I was like oh <gasps> The noise haunted. Yeah, but apparently, because it's an old veterinary college, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe it's like a little doggy ghost. Oh yeah, and maybe. then it's quite cute, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, maybe you just wanted a little part, and it was you like have a little part. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh now I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. I'm thinking about all the ghosts in summer yeah. hall that are like, oh my gosh, I got frightened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I think I probably would have done I'd have been like oh, but oh. now I've got this whole idea about all these ghosts that are in summer hall that are like oh fuck it's July we've yeah. only got another couple of weeks before they all descend and I'm take over our space yeah <laughs> we're like oh god <laughs> but yeah now, now I've gone on a flight of fancy of a whole yeah. like you know story if they're all little cute little animals that's fine there's no like yeah Victorian 
poltergeist children yeah that are just like coming with their cupid dolls at us yeah 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 (laughs) horrible i don't know (laughs) so i'm taking from this that horror isn't your favorite genre (gasps) no but i love it (laughs) i love it i get i'm so i'm frightened so easily but i i love horror oh you do i love the theatrics of it like not good horror but I'm, i'm talking like really bad like mincemeat coming out of a watermelon sort of like really bad really bad gore and horror I think it's ama- like the theatrics is amazing yeah yeah that's true actually it it's really so is. fun I'm like I'm such a scaredy cat Louise and I talk about this all the time and like every year we kind of do like either Hall- like in a kind of Halloween season or spooky season like lots of podcasts and then we talk about films that we watch and I'm like I'm on Adam's family and Adam's family values and the craft and that's pretty much me <laughs> yeah I scare so easy I'll be I'll watch like five seconds of a horror film and that'll be me up for a month like oh no. yeah I'm so traumatized I'm so traumatized from the candy man when I saw him when I've I saw never him. seen it I won't see it I'm too scared no, don't. never see it <laughs> And I was traumatized for quite a while about Blair Witch Project. I've never, I'm too scared to watch that. I mean, I have said this, people who listen to this podcast on the regular will be like, Elaine, you're talking about this again for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, but I went to the Halloween showing when it first came out at the midnight. Why? Showing. Because I was trying to like make my friends think that was cool and mm. I was all right with it. And mm. cinema blew cold air under our legs and I was terrified and chat myself and made my pal walk me home because I lived past a wooded bit and I didn't I couldn't watch it ever again like I was like I can't ever watch it and then I decided must have been 2021 yeah it was probably one of our other lockdowns was going on (laughs) and I was like I am going to face my fear I'm Mm -hmm. going to do it I am facing my fear and I watched it and I was like it's still quite scary but not as much as I had built it up in my head which is that's the thing though isn't it it's like what it's not really what's happening because most horror films like if you read the script you'd be like oh it's so shit but it's like what what your mind then Mm. but I love it but I I hate it but I love it hate it but love it yeah Yeah. exactly Uh, there'll be so many people listening that are like absolutely it's like reading celebrity gossip I'm like why am I doing this but I can't stop (laughs) can't stop can't stop (laughs) <laughs> I just can't stop. <laughs> um, what are you hoping that people will take away from the show, Shan? Like, um, I, I actually just, I really just hope people come to the show and are like, "What was that?" Like, I want them to feel like they've fallen down a rabbit hole for an hour, and they go out and they're like, "What was that? That was great. I had a great time. I had, I had a really, I had a really nice time. I want them to have fun and leave just being like, I don't really know what happened, but I'm, I'm glad I was there." <laughs> love it I don't know what happened I'm glad I was there yeah that feels like a like a model for life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like what was that about <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what happened but I'm glad I was there yes um yeah I like that from a model for life yeah. I'm gonna kinda, I'm gonna take that <laughs> um do you have a bit of the show that you really like once the kind of n- nerves settle and everything and you're like into your kind of groove like do you get is there a bit of the show that you really love so you're like oh yes I'm getting to this part <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, there's um I don't know how much I want to give away uh, I know I was like I said I mean, that and then I was like oh cat I wonder if so these, these, audience, me. these audience participation bits I absolutely love I genuinely love doing them they're so much fun um and I love you know when I've been been doing my work in progresses and and testing it out at, at gigs and stuff I've loved 
seeing how different people come up and respond to it and it's and it's just so much fun um and it's really ridiculous and really silly um and yeah they're 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 really fun and I think all the audience members who have done it so far have been really pleased that they've come up and participated I was just about to ask you what the kind of feedback was from the um volunteers and Ooh. also so far like have you managed to get your volunteers up on stage like yeah. has it been yeah 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 no there's there's what three or four parts where I ask for people um the first one everyone's a bit oh should I go up should I not once you've broken the first one people kind of understand what's going to happen right um and and then you get the people who are like I want to have a go at that and so that's been that's been really nice yeah it's so true actually because like when it's always like the first one up everybody's like mm, I'm gonna watch and see yeah um, they want to see what's going on and and there's yeah. a bit of a and I think the audience kind of gauge there's a bit of a formula to it so they kind of can gauge if they would be someone comfortable doing that and also it's quite it's quite safe I'm not going to you know start putting them on the spot or hurling insults at them or something terrible um but yeah the, the first one Although I say that, actually, I did my last work in progress and I hadn't even finished asking for a volunteer and someone was up on stage. And I was like, great, let's just go. Yes. Yeah. Love that. We love to see it. We love to see it. Yeah, we love to see it. Absolutely. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm what, uh, if you could sum it up mm. in three words, you show, what would they be? Oh, gosh, uh, three words. I will give you five if you need them. Okay crisis no that's not good that's a bit boring isn't it <laughs> no I think it's like quite interesting I'm like okay right, we'll go with stick with crisis we'll stick with crisis we can swap it about if we, yeah, we we'll can do like it around a, I'd yeah. say nonsense nonsense brilliant and non it's a non it's a nonsense crisis a nonsense crisis there we go <laughs> there we go we got there I absolutely love it <laughs> are you um remind everybody of your dates um so I'm I'm up from the second to the twenty-seventh um every every day except the fourteenth and the twenty-first I'm off. So you've got forty-five. Yeah. But I'll be there the whole month, yeah. Yeah. Um how are you feeling about just the festival in general? Is it I'm excited. I'm like, I, the summer hall program's amazing, so I'm I'm just yeah. gonna be seeing so so much here. But um I'm anxious. I'm anxious. I had a a difficult time last year okay so I'm like got the the kind of like fear from that yeah yeah I am um, it's really interesting because we've had a couple of guests so far in the podcast that have never done the festival and it's that thing of like I'm like enjoy it take it for what it is you will find moments where you're like why am I doing this I don't know what what I've why did I make this decision but like I know myself there was a few years ago quite a few years ago I did a show and it was really hard going and I kind of it was like I was like I kind of couldn't do the festival for like two years Um, after it so I was just like it gave me such anxiety even just thinking about it yeah and I think if you haven't experienced the festival as a performer you don't quite get it yeah um, because it's just it's so all-consuming for that month yeah, it's so and I, I would say even more than just that month like you kind yeah. of 
well, I've kind of like geared my whole year for the fringe. Yeah. Um, everything is based around the fringe. And maybe some people are, are better at structuring their time and, and don't fall into that. But a lot of people I speak to are in the same boat. It's like if you commit to doing it, I mean, you have to get yourself organized so early to, yeah. to, to get your, you know, to get your place, to get your, your stuff set up to be there. Um, and it's also just the finance you've been here as well. Yeah, finding all the, the methods. You have to really, um, really, you have to commit to it like nine months before. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that basically the whole year runs around it and then you're up here for a month and it's it's so intense. Um. And it can be easy to forget that there's there's life outside of the fringe. It's like, it is just a month. And... Yeah. As I said, but you know, it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It's just something to do, isn't it? <laughs> but it really feels like it matters, and that it feels so. Like... It feels so much like it matters. But um, yeah. yeah, it's just something to do. <laughs> it's just something to do. We're all just yeah. kicking about. It's just We're something just trying to, do. to get through it, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, there's just thousands of us kicking about in the streets. <laughs> yeah. Hoping we'll all be. We're just all hoping we'll have a nice time by the end of it. That's I mean, we're... literally, that is it. Is like um, and it's. I do really love coming through and doing like the podcasts and stuff like that because I think I get the almost the kind of best of both worlds, like yeah. performance, go and see some shows, but then I end up just sitting in the pub sometimes and just like people come in and out and you're like, oh, hi, how are you doing? You end up having so many brilliant conversations. And I'm like, I didn't actually go and see any shows today. Yeah. Yeah. She's, been having, she's been having a really good time. But I was having a great time. Yeah. That's kind of it's- what I hope people get from my show. I hope that this is like I hope they leave going that was something to do when I really enjoyed it that's it amazing yeah. I am um, I'm really excited to come and see it Shan I, yeah. I I'm really looking forward to it um because for me I've never kind of done something like your show I've never seen something like your show mm-hmm. in that sense of like that mix of performance art and comedy mm-hmm. and also per- just performance in general because I think that kind of gets forgotten about Mm-hmm. little bit um I know some people who do performance art and maybe you can speak to this maybe you've not experienced it but for them they kind of are like oh people forget that we are performers as well mm-hmm. and that you're creating a story yeah 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 I don't know um I I, I mean my stuff is like not like some I would say it's probably not as serious as some performance are out there maybe like there are themes within it that are serious but the kind of uh, share showing of it is is not so I don't feel very often that personally I have that gaze on it um I've maybe felt that more as a comedian than I have when I've been doing the sort of blend um you know if you get like hecklers that are really out of hand and stuff you you, you kind of think well you, you're forgetting this is I'm, I'm a performer I'm a person and you, and I'm having a really bad time because of something you're doing um which again is something people don't really talk about you're just going to be able to take it but mm. uh, maybe just kick them out I don't I don't know yeah, I, think, I think for performance artists especially serious ones I think mm. you know there, there can be um a lot of safeguarding issues that mean people don't respect them as a performer and yeah. just this is just something for me me to consume yeah that's so true it probably is like the people I'm thinking about are more um serious uh, yeah and their, their performance art and what they're putting out 
is yeah. amazing. like they're so yeah that probably makes a lot of sense so it's nice to know that you don't get that with the comedy or maybe I do and I'm just like absolutely blind to it and just I mean I in I an mean, absolute world of my own you're like uh, whatever like I just haven't <laughs> noticed and maybe people are really you know really are judging me and assessing me in that way and I'm like no no it's really nice <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Just absolutely um, oblivious yeah yeah but you're like yeah, yeah just trying to have a good time <laughs> yeah have a good time it doesn't matter <laughs> um before we finish up Shan we like to ask a question and um so when we started persistent and nasty it was kind of off the back of like um well two things we were trying to find a play that surrounded that was had four women in their 30s that didn't talk about men Mm. still looking for that play by the way Um, let me know yeah yeah uh and in particular their relationships with men because I was like Mm. you know uh and then uh the me too stuff all kind of happened so like things kind of started to spiral and our name was picked out of moments around about that point so persistent a nevertheless she persisted by Elizabeth Warren and then we're really big on reclaiming words because words get used against us a lot, especially um women. Mm. Uh, and from a really young age, words get used against us. Like, you know, bossy is a bad thing mm. if you're a girl. Uh, Moni, bitch, mm. witch, you know, all of those uh, words that... I love know, being called bossy, though. I think yeah. it's great. Right? I like, like say it louder. To the yeah. People back. <laughs> right because it's that thing of uh, yeah, it's using... yeah so do what I'm telling you to do then <laughs> yeah, exactly why are you questioning me just talking do about it. I do it <laughs> I love it yeah so we all about reclaiming the words and then um, nasty was used against Hillary Clinton by the former president of the United States when she dared to give him some actual facts and then there was the Twitter storm hashtag nasty women CEOs and surgeons and you know um Oh, lots of incredible women going well if she's a nasty woman as am I yeah, so, great. yeah I know so Shan Clark what mm. does the phrase persistent and nasty mean to you persistent and nasty uh keep going and don't give a fuck yes <laughs> yes she loves it I love it I love um, it <laughs> I love it um Shan let's just remind everybody once more where they can see icon and times as well so they can fit it in in their schedule for the festival I will be on every day at 2 45 in the Red Lecture Theatre at Summer Hall brilliant um and except for the 14th and 21st for those are the the, the Mondays yeah the 14th Mondays. well everybody will be sleeping yeah so, we'll be resting yeah absolutely um shan thanks so much for coming and chatting with thanks me. for having me and i hope it wasn't too bad it was fun <laughs> yay it's always the way isn't it yeah no i was like just you know check my ego make sure i feel make like sure it's all good. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much Shan and um, all the information for Icon is in today's show notes as well and until next time lovely listeners stay Stay nasty nasty. or whoever else is listening wherever else you're from (laughs) amazing love it Shan what were you saying so we'd stopped recording Shan was like I wanted to ask you something I thought I thought when you were when you were saying about persistent and nasty and where it came from I thought you were going to ask me what word as a as a female I would like to reclaim and what word would you like to reclaim? I would like Clark? to reclaim cunt. Yes. <laughs>
Yes. Yeah, just call me a massive cunt. I love it. Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, I love it when uh, cunt just gets dropped on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that's okay to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. It's more than fine. Our set, our fourth episode in, uh, we just started and. Um, Maureen Beatty, who was uh, the president of Equity or uh, Union, um, just we're in the middle of the conversation. She just dropped cunt, and I was like, "Great, oh, yeah. here we go. This is oh, it. We are set up. This, this is, is this is how we roll. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Shan is reclaiming cunt as am I. <laughs>